You are listening. You are listening. You are listening to. Do not to not elsewhere. Not elsewhere. 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 Classified. Welcome to Not Elsewhere Classified, a podcast about the medical coding, health information technology, and clinical documentation improvement community. I'm your host, Brian Kui. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 27. Today on the podcast, we have Jessica Olson. In this episode, we begin our conversation by talking about Run Disney. If you guys don't know, Disney is well known for their parks, but also they're well known for their races. So we spend some good time kind of geeking out on Run Disney events. But then afterwards, we talk about her journey into medical coding, specifically her journey into getting certified. So for those that are starting out in medical coding and have not gotten their certification or are struggling to get their certification, this is the episode that you might want to listen to. Speaking of listeners, I'm sure there are new listeners to this podcast and I want to welcome you to this podcast. Please make sure to check us out on iTunes or whatever platform that you're listening to this podcast to, and please make sure to leave us a rating and a review. Also help support the podcast by going to medicalcodinggeek.com slash promos. I also wanted to formally announce that we have also partnered with findacode.com. When I first started out tutoring with medical coding, I didn't really have a encoder to utilize until one of my first clients suggested find a code. They have a great free trial offer that doesn't require a credit card. But if you do decide to sign up with them, you can get a 5% discount by going to findacode.medicalcodinggeek.com. And of course, if you're interested in partnering up with the Medical Coding Geek brand and not also classified podcast, you can go to medicalcodinggeek.com partners. So without further ado, here is my episode with Jessica Olson. Enjoy. Welcome to the Not Elsewhere Classified podcast. And I have here on today's episode, Jessica Olson. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm good. So let's kind of abridge this. So we were talking earlier about Run Disney. So how did you... So I guess this is where you began your running career. Yes, I am. So I have a little bit of scoliosis, which is a a little curve in my spine. So it's actually not too healthy for me to run straight through full time. So I found the Jeff Galloway program who sponsors all the Run Disney races and kind of got into it through there and I just I love how beginner friendly they are and it's every shape and size there and very encouraging and um I just fell in love I'm kind of a Disney addict yeah and that's how we met when we um I had posted something on not met I guess met met per se or connected uh we through Instagram I think I posted some stuff about running and I talked about how my wife does run Disney and she just lit up lit up like a firecracker I do run Disney too yeah. <laughs> like any yes <laughs> it's hard to find people anytime anyone's a Disney freak I'm like oh my gosh I like Disney too <laughs> yeah yeah and um we've been doing this for for a while we've been doing it since 2013 
Um, and we've done all the races. Well, she's done most of the races, but you're you're <laughs> you're set up to do uh, one of the major races probably in 2020, right? Yeah. So after I'm getting a little surgery in November, and then hopefully in 2020 I'll be doing the Dopey Challenge, um, which is a 5K, 10K, half marathon and a full all in four days yeah yeah it's (laughs) it's terrible because uh i've i've done a 5k i've done i I just like i just told you earlier i just did a six six mile or 5k 10k uh, this morning uh and it's it's i had to wake up at and these are the same things as far as the disney races you got to wake up real early uh but like compared to where like me i had to wake up at five o'clock to get there by six thirty. But my wife, she wakes up uh, like at, at three o'clock. Uh just just to get ready because she has to put on the, the costume like everybody does. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, paint your face, that takes time. <laughs> all that. It, it, right? it's, it's all out. So she has to get all uh Disneyed out and then um get to the bus because we usually stay on property. We used to not stay on property, but then I would have to I would be the person who would have to wake up and, and do all of that. So after a couple years of doing that and and our kids were pretty young at the time they were like you know why do we gotta go we're not running and then um so we then we we transitioned over to staying on disney property um and taking the bus and it was those and then because of that the organization they take you directly to the run site it's so great right yeah it's essential yeah right yes i love it but like there there are times where where i don't know how it works but that you would have to go from you would park in one place, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have right. to take another bus to the starting line. Oh, that's right. Yeah, at some races, you, you have to... Oh, my gosh, it's weird. Yeah, I think the marathon does that or yeah, something. Yeah, like <laughs> I think the, the, because you you end a lot, a lot of the races... Um, in the at least the Disney World in Orlando, they end at uh, Epcot. So you'll start off parked at Epcot. You'll jump on to another bus. And they take you to um, I don't know wherever it could be like Animal Kingdom or maybe Hollywood Studios, any one of those, and then you begin. I remember one year they 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 started the part. You have to park in Epcot and then take another bus. And then go to ESPN. Oh my, yeah, I think that was the one I did too. It was oh, it was ridiculous. <laughs> uh, have you have you ever met um, Jeff Galloway? By the way, Jeff Galloway is um, he's one of the I guess he was he's an Olympian, right? So he 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 was in the Olympics. I'm sorry, Olympics, and he came up with the method. So for those that are trying to start off and running, I know there's a five you know couch to five k method. Uh, yeah. Which kind of mirrors his his method of the run walk right. method. Do you want to explain that? Yeah. So um, Jeff Galloway uses a a timer, and um, you set your own intervals depending on how uh, I guess comfortable you are running. So he can start. You can start your intervals off at ten or fifteen seconds of running, and maybe thirty minute or sorry, thirty seconds or a minute of uh, walking. And kind of just go back and forth between those two. And his theory is, I guess, um, when we were cavemen, we didn't run straight through. We kind of uh, 
ran a little bit and gathered and kind of ran and gathered a little bit. So that's why he believes in the run-walk system so much. But, um, yeah, I've met him, and he's he's amazing. I love him. I, every race I have to go see him, and he actually rem- he'll remember me, and he's, he's oh, wow, just yeah. really sweet. I yeah. love him. Yeah, yeah, he's great. Yeah. Love him. I've I've met him a couple times too, and he's very nice. He has a couple books out there if you want to check them out and you know kind of learn from his method. But uh, I was actually I'll tell you the truth. I was actually resistant to his method because um, when I started running, believe it or not, <laughs> it was back in um, uh, in high school. So I did cross country as a teenager. So I I only knew to go 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 for three miles and then and then finish it. So like if I ever and the problem is is that if I ever uh, stopped, uh, I found myself like not wanting to go. Uh, so oh, yeah. yeah, so I I was very resistant to his method. I said I am not gonna do it, and there's no way <laughs> I'm gonna do a. Uh, 13 mile run doing that and 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 resisting but not his method but the way I wanted to do it you know uh, so one day I decided you know what let me you know I mean my wife says you should do the Galloway method I said all right I'll do the Galloway method so I you know that but the thing is with the Galloway method you have to stay you're very um, you have to stay on top of the time it's not like you do it in your head if you get the right watch and the watch that's why that's why I, I bet they have in the disney that's the reason why you see all these watches being sold in the disney convention no, the, the the convention the running convention yeah, timers. because of that mm-hmm. yes and in the corrals you'll actually hear tons of beeping going on because that those are people's watches beeping and you're like is that mine beeping and you have to keep checking <laughs> and even on the course you'll hear beep 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 because they'll tell them it indicates them when they need to run and when they need to stop and walk which is like it's like hello i mean everybody <laughs> it's it's crazy when it's out there yeah when it, yeah when you get in there with 50 people it gets a little and then they have the i don't know if you've seen the pacers they have galloway pacers oh, now do they? in the races okay yeah they're awesome so you'll have this huge like group of 100 people in yellow shirts and they're all stopping and walking at the same time so sometimes that's kind of hard to move around from but if you get in your right interval group it's awesome they really helped me through the uh, tinkerbell race in disneyland yeah i think that's that's another that's another thing that is the that that's that i have to get used to is i i i like to run by myself i never saw the reason earlier earlier on to run with somebody else uh maybe because in cross country it was because to keep up a pace but i i said you know what if you go fast if you go faster than what i am capable of, capable of you you just go <laughs> okay so that's the same thing i i can't i can't do that cuz otherwise my mind will uh shut down and say i am not going to push myself i i know what my limitations are and that's about it but i see now the method of you know you, know, you see now especially um with like say for example crossfit where they have the group sessions there's another company called orange theory um i don't know if you guys have them out there yeah yes that promotes the the group method so that everybody is is accountable and held to each other's, I guess, a certain standard uh, to making sure that everybody finishes the right way. Yep, right. Yeah, they're really popular up here. I think my a couple of my aunts love them, so I yeah. need to try it. Yeah. So let me ask you: You're from Colorado, right? So how how is it? Yes. How so? When you come from Colorado, 
and I've heard this from mm-hmm. a lot of people from who come from Colorado. When you come from Colorado, and I and I understand it's the mile high state, right? Yeah. So you literally, <laughs> right? you're in you're a mile up elevation. So when you yep. when you go from there to here, South, not some South, South Florida, but South Florida, which is essentially at zero uh at sea level <laughs> yeah, or, right. does that make you does it does it help you run better you would think so but i'm actually surprised that the humidity doesn't do me any um, we have no humidity here so when i get when i get there sometimes it, that humidity if it's really humid it kind of feels like i'm suffocating really and it's really hard for me to yeah it's really hard for me to breathe i don't know if anybody else has that issue but uh I I thought I was kind of uh, kind of talking all this stuff like oh I'm from Colorado I can I'm not gonna do this no big deal and uh, I got down there and it was actually a lot tougher than I thought it was because of the humidity even <laughs> even in I guess in our in for Floridians in our colder months like in no, like November it's still humid to you yes yes yeah it is and that humid. That we went, um, when I graduated from college, we went to Disney for my trip, and it was through Thanksgiving, and it was so cold, that humidity would just cut through your your skin, I don't know, it was just, oh, I don't know how you deal with it, it's cold down there. Yeah, even in the 40s, it's freezing, Ooh, I can't do it. <laughs> so, So you're telling me, because of the humidity, even though it's cold per se, it's colder to you? Right. I've never heard of that. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I'm not, yeah, and I don't know either what it is, but um, I've heard that from a few people that it's a little colder when you go humid places and it's a little, the dry cold isn't as bad here oh, when, compared so to that humidity. So it's probably the same thing with the heat. It's the, the dry heat is not as bad as the heat down here. Right, exactly. Yeah, I'm not sure how it works, but it's, oh, it's. It's kind of unbearable. I don't know how you live there. All the oh, we have well, it's, it's called AC. It's called air conditioning. Right. That's what we, that's right. what we deal with. Yep. Um, I know. We use swamp coolers. Yeah, and and we um, I mean, I I've I've dealt with it, but I, you know, it, it feels like like if you how would you how somebody explained it to me the humidity here down in Florida. If you if you put your like if you put a coat and put it in the dryer and you take it out of the dryer and you put it on. That that that's that's the exact feeling of humidity in here in South Florida. So yes, and you could feel it. Like you could, I tell people, you could bite the air when it's really hot here in the summer. So because of the humidity, oh, but yeah. But the thing is that I I I see. I went to California last year, right? And and uh, f- which, by the way, my wife did the the very last Anaheim uh, race over there. I think it was the what is it? The what challenge? Whatever. But it was in September. And then the the temperatures then were like 100 plus, even like 105, 110. But here I am, I I'm worried about the temperature. But when I go outside, I'm like, and I was wearing a polo, I was wearing long pants, I was wearing you know shoes, and no problem walking up and down the road. I was like, this is no problem. Everybody's like, you know, oh, it's so hot. And I'm like, no, it's not hot. It's perfect. Right <laughs> at 100. Yeah, it's crazy. I know the weather in California is so nice. I don't know what it is, but oh god, it's, yeah. They say it's so hot, and I'm like, it's 73. It's not that hot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Even at 100, Crazy. I say I don't mind 100. I don't mind living here in California at yeah, 100 degrees. Even you know, higher temps. Yeah, they're yeah. not bad at all. Yeah. I have no idea why. <laughs> All right. So cool. I mean, we wanted to go talk about coding, but here we are talking about 
<laughs> talking about running and run Disney. So let's let's get to that. So let's 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 get to. I mean, we yeah, we could we could essentially create another podcast called Run Disney and just talk about it and you know do all of that, <laughs> uh, which <laughs> which covers probably a lot of time. But anyways, let's let's get to the very beginning. Um, so how did you? I, I you know we talk about Run Disney. Um, you, you mentioned scoliosis, but you also have like another challenge that you talked about. But let's go ahead and, and go to the beginning. How did you, where did you come from and how did you get to where you're at today? Not in Run Disney, we understand, <laughs> but how did you get today in your coding career? Yeah, it's actually a little bit of a long, kind of a long journey, but um, I started at CU Boulder, University of Colorado, wanting to be an, an RN um, like my sister. She's a RN, and I really looked up to her and started my um, work doing that and then ended up graduating and uh, started work as a CNA. And just with my back and my scoliosis, I couldn't um, do patient care the way I wanted to. I couldn't lift or push people. Um, all of that stuff really kind of forced me to rethink things a little bit differently. So after that, I kind of started to go and do clerking, um, just doing secretary work in the emergency room. And that was kind of, you know, that was a great job, but it was a little bit hard to pay the bills um, just doing a secretary job. So I actually talked to my mom, who's a coder, and she, she started coding um, jumped into it, and I kind of just saw her doing it, researched it, and found out it'd be a really great career for me. I love anatomy, and I'm a little bit of an introvert, so, you know, going home is always a plus. And, uh, just you don't sound like an introvert. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. It's weird. Maybe because I've been at home for a couple years, I'm a little, like, <laughs> love to talk. But yeah, it's great. I love, I've been at home um, for a few, or sorry, a year, and I, I just love it. It's great. Okay. So here's here's my thing with, with introverts, right? So <laughs> I, I would, so I, I talk about this. Well, we had a conversation, not just, not you, but in, in the Facebook group, Medical Coding Geeks, about how many people here are introverts and extroverts. And I think there there is a, a term, I don't remember what it was, but it's it's in between right so it's a omnivert omnivert yes. there you go were you there in yes. that conversation yes. yeah so it's an omnivert so you're in you're yes. it's selective yeah. between uh being an introvert and being an extrovert now everybody has their own um i guess definitions of being an introvert but uh i you listen to me now and i, I the same way i thought you weren't an, an you know an introvert but but essentially you can be because uh, like for me there, and I've seen people, even speakers like, uh, who are very like outgoing in their speeches, uh, um, speeches, I'm sorry. But then when you, when you try to connect with them, you definitely see them introverted. Like they want it's their time yeah. to themselves, you know, and that's right. Recharging. Um, my husband, he actually teach, he's a, uh, medical technologist and uh, he teaches point of care to providers and he's a, he's a really great teacher. He gets up in front of people, no problem. And then when he gets home, he loves his time to kind of 
chill and zone out. So yeah, I totally get it. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think like people like I've 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 watched some videos and and you know looked around and and I I know they say like introverts can't. It's not like the the stigma where introverts just want to stay inside you know <laughs> all day no, yeah uh, right. but they they do like to go outside or I, I guess the term is socialize they want to socialize with people but there's a certain right. limit to where they can exactly. do that exactly yeah for me it's maybe two hours a couple oh. hours max and then i need to kind of go in my little hole <laughs> now my 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 yeah. my youngest um since we moved from South Florida, we had a we. She's in, um, I guess, the half of the of last year of the 2018 school year. Uh, she was placed in uh, online school, which is uh, so she does or virtual school. So she she finished the rest of her year, and so she she never so. But but even before that, but anyway, she found a friend uh, in the same class who actually lived down the road. And so they're they're very outgoing. I'm assuming very extroverted as well. But um, they decided, hey, why don't you? You know, I guess my wife, uh, um, uh, she set up a sleepover. Uh, so the, the the her classmates slept over, and we she had the whole weekend with her. Uh, but we went, you know, again Disney Springs, and <laughs> we went all over the place. You know, we we go over, yeah, we go over there. Um, we went to Splitsville. Uh, it was for her birthday weekend, so she she slept overnight. But then at the at the at the end when she left, my daughter went up straight to her room and slapped because yes, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's me. Yeah, so yes. it's like so. I I said, what's going on? So she's you know she she likes to. Um, stay in her room, watch her YouTube on a little uh, tablet thing. I said, what's going on? I said, I am so exhausted. I'm like, what do you mean? She says, yeah. I said, what do you mean? Are you is are you exhausted from being a host to your friend? She says, yeah, I can't I can't do it for so long. <laughs> right, all of that attention on yourself. It's ooh, I'm good. And and giving and giving of your of your attention and your energy exactly uh, took yes. so much out of her. Uh, and I'm like, yes. you know what? Just yeah, just go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, time to charge, <laughs> recharge. <laughs> and it's the Maybe same. I'm it's the same way too. Like especially when I do speaking events. I mean, I have a higher threshold. I guess you know I've done a four hour speaking events, and um, and then afterwards I I make sure that I you know I connect with people afterwards. But then as soon as I go home, I mean, don't talk to me. <laughs> Don't yes, talk to me. Let me right. let me let me recharge. You know, let me uh, kind of sort my thoughts. And it's weird, but it, yeah. And 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 I guess in every way, uh, people are introverted and extroverted. But but the thing is, is that I don't want. I, the thing is that I don't. I, I usually hear that the association of coders being introverted, and that shouldn't be. You know, uh, and I've talked about it with a couple professionals out there. I said, yeah, they shouldn't be introverted or maybe they should, you know, again, break out of their shell uh, if they want to make it in this career. Absolutely. You have to connect and it's really important to network. Um, you know, I go to my uh, AAPC meetings and make sure I connect with everybody there. Um, I don't know about the other states, but in Colorado, the coding community is, you know, not small, but we kind of 
all get to know each other and, you know, hear, you hear things and you just want to always make sure you have a good, making a good impression on everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know, um, I've spoke to two people, uh, on the podcast uh, who are from Colorado, uh, Lori Woods and, um, yeah, so she's like the social media queen. So I'm sure you know about her. And then there's Christy, Christy Pollard. I got her name right. I used to call her, <laughs> I used to call her Kelly Pollard, Christy Pollard. Right. So, so every time I do, every time I go on, on live, I say, oh, it's Kelly Pollard. I'm crud. You know, it's supposed to be Ke- Christy Pollard. But yeah, so she's out there and she does a couple, uh, events. I think coffee, it's like a coffee coding event. Uh, regularly with the Colorado Health Information Management Association. So she does a lot of that too. So your mom is a coder. What does yes. what does she do? What kind of specialty does she work in? She coded for Denver Health. Um, she's actually retired now, but coded um, coded ER there. Um, so did a lot of leveling, ENMs, uh, all that kind of good stuff. <laughs> okay. And then when you so so let's get back into the coding journey so when you said okay um you you actually obtained a nursing degree so you have uh a, a, oh no i i got just a bachelor's in biology oh bachelor's in and biology then, uh, for, yeah for some reason cu we didn't have a nursing program it, it was just pre it's pre-nursing so i graduated with that and was going to start going into nursing school oh, okay. and was like, wait a minute, this isn't working out for me. <laughs> okay. So you did the CNA route and then uh, a lot of labor, uh, a lot of work. Right. And then you're like, okay, well, let me go ahead and um, do coding. Uh, so how did you begin that journey? going right into the going into the certification process right so what I did is I just kind of I just uh, jumped in my mom actually needed to pass the CPC for her uh, job she wasn't she just kind of got grandfathered into coding and I thought so I thought that'd be a great um, she she feels like she's not that great at tests and I was like oh this will be great I'll help her I can I can get a cert you know if I use it great if I don't you know whatever so I just kind of jumped in and signed up for the AAPC course and just started beginning the journey from there. So you, I think what caught me when we, so we, again, Instagram is where we reach uh, connected. But before I used to do, um, uh, you were one of the few where I, well, the, as part of trying to be on the first season, but of course with me moving and everything like that, here you are in season number two. Uh, but we had a pre-call where we talked about, you know, what, you know, some of the things that we could talk about on the podcast per se. And you mentioned the number of times you had to fail, uh, to pass your, uh, exam. So I guess what we can do is, uh, talk about each of those attempts and I'll ask questions like, what did you, how did you feel? And then what did you do differently from the last time? So we'll get into that. So first of all, what is the number of, uh, how many times did you have to fail in order to become a certified coder? So I guess looking at it back now, I failed five times and then passed it the sixth time. Okay. So I had to take my test. I had to take my test six times and I failed it five. Wow! Wow! <laughs> got wow. a 
got a 68 two times in a row so that was that was really fun (laughs) so you had you had to go through that i think is it what is a five-hour process for (laughs) right five and a half five and a half hours five and a half five and a half hours each exam you had to pay the fee three times because when you when you when you take the test you're given a free retake so you had to spend three times or I wouldn't want to say spend you want to invest uh three times uh but yeah let's start off from the first let's go through the first attempt so so like tell me tell me how did you how did you prepare that first time Oh, so the first time I fared pretty terrible, and I got a 38%. And I, <laughs> looking back at these now, it's, it's kind of funny, but of course, you know, I was pretty devastated when I got these yeah. scores. But I, I think um, I just, I, I'm pretty speedy when I do stuff. I, just as a kid, I've always done things really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I flew through the test uh, too fast. And didn't really, um, I had plenty of time to recheck it, but I was just like, eh, I'm good. And I turned it in. And then that was the uh, score I ended up with. <laughs> so once you got that score, were you surprised that you got a 38? Oh, very much. You very were, much. even I though, you, it, even though yeah. you rushed through the test and you're like, I, I knew my stuff. Right. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I thought, yeah, I thought at least I'd get like a, you know, 60 or something. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm like, really? I know. Looking back on it now, I'm like, "Come on, Jess!" Like, <laughs> you, yeah, yeah, you know better, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you, so how much time did you prepare for that first attempt? So yeah, that's actually another thing. <laughs> I didn't prepare as well as I um, <laughs> should have. Yeah, I know. Were I you were you trying to take a, were you trying to course. take advantage of the second attempt? Like maybe the first attempt would I be like a test so. run. Yeah, I think that was what I, you know, I was, I just, yeah, I was kind of doing that, I, I think, and I, I flew through the course, and, um, you know, this is probably bad to say, but my mom and I had her encoder, so when I was doing her, doing our homework, <laughs> I know, this is terrible, you guys. That's okay. This is so bad. <laughs> so, I'm trying to teach you, so we would uh, use the encoder to check our homework, uh-huh. and you know, you're not, you're, you're not learning when you're typing it into the encoder, yeah. so it's just, uh, I think that was what did it for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The book. Yeah. The book versus the encoder. I mean, the check the answers. Yeah. But you're not oh, wiring. God, yeah. I guess you're not wiring your brain uh, to right. find the right answer in the book since the right. test requires you to not have an encoder. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. You're not reading the guidelines, you know, uh, just kind of winging it. Yeah, it was awful. That sounds like <laughs> attempt number one. So when you... Yes. Okay, so so when you finish the first time, then, okay, 38, you're devastated. Then what first you're steps right. did you take to prepare yourself for that second attempt? Um, the first thing I did was I decided to retake that AATC course. Um, I, you know, they have that little extension where you can pay monthly okay. to extend your course. Okay. So I would just, every month I would extend and t- I took a little more time with my course. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I also signed up for the Blitz videos, okay. the Blitz coding series, right. which are really fabulous. Okay. She kind of goes through and shows you how to highlight your book. So mm-hmm. I, I highlighted my CPT and ICD-10 book. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, just 
kind of went a little slower, but, you know, obviously that didn't really do much better. It didn't fare a little better for me. Right. So in the in the second attempt, what did you get? Oh, my gosh, this is awful. So I actually got a 32 the second time, which was worse than the first time. And I think what happened was I got a little anxious. I um, I found out later on that I have test anxiety. But oh, okay. I think I... I think I skipped a Scantron answer and then mixed it with the book. Oh. So it was just kind of, yeah, I was skipping a line and kind of like bubbling the wrong answers. And I think that's what did it. Oh, <laughs> so that sabotaged the whole, like, like well, he got a 32. Right. So basically you were like 32 questions, no, 32 questions, 32% in. And then, right. then everything else kind of went down the drain. <laughs> right, exactly. I remember being so upset because I had heard that a monkey had taken a Scantron and he had gotten a monkey could take could get get a thirty five percent. I was like, I'm dumber than a monkey. I was so upset. <laughs> I just Why are you I comparing yourself like, down the evolutionary it. chain? I oh my gosh. Right. Yeah. Yeah, self sabotage for sure. Yeah. So it had nothing to do with like cuz that was my question because usually when I when I talk to people who look for assistance in preparing for their exam, I I ask them give me your score reports. Let me, you know, especially for those and the high, you're not the you're, not, you're by the way, you're not the um I've heard worse well, oh, people failing, like <laughs> I've heard people, not just not the CPC exam, but like, for example, let's say an RHIT exam, uh, which, by the way, the difference, though, between an AAPC and AHIMA uh, exam is that if you fail that exam, you have to pay for another retake. So so it's not like you get every other chance. You only paid like three. This person had to pay seven. So and st- and still and still failed so you know so that means that, you know they have to reevaluate themselves uh so you know can you imagine those tests are like what 300 300 or so plus a pop um and going by seven so three times seven that's about almost two, two plus grand uh you know in trying to prepare for exam you know so that that in itself so that's my question like as you're as, are you were you working as a CNA while taking these tests? No, funny enough, I was actually working as a yoga teacher. Oh, which, really? Uh, <laughs> I know it was like yeah, completely random. I you know with my back, I kind of um, did a little school training and did some group exercise courses and got in. So while I was going through school, I was uh, also teaching a little bit, and then also I have to give credit to my husband who God bless um, helped me kind of. He while he was uh, in the hospital would help me. So after attempt two, well then that's that was one you had to pay another one. So now you have to again do that process. So so in between, so let me ask the, the before that in between the first and the second attempt, how long did it take you to retest? I took it pretty quick. Um, probably two months is what it, I kind of I, I was scared I was going to lose that information, so I just jumped jumped right in. And I uh, tried to fly through the course again and retook maybe in a couple months. Uh-huh. But you think the second one is because uh, of the Scantron? 
I think, well, and I also think um, knowing now that I have a little bit of anxiety, it, I um, I do this thing in my brain where I kind of all go and I'll look at a question and I'll think it's an answer that I know and I'm like, oh, no, you don't know it. Go, it's this one. And I kind of go back and forth, just kind of self-sabotaging myself pretty much. <laughs> so, so did you, I, I mean, how did you find out you had anxiety you had anxiety at that second yeah. attempt that like did you self-diagnose right. yourself at that moment oh no so what i what i did uh actually and what the thing that that was the most important thing was after that second attempt i was like what is going on i actually ended up going to see a therapist okay um, yeah and it he kind of, she kind of was yeah you have anxiety it's no big deal <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> oh, okay. but i definitely think she yeah she was very integral in helping me she um she did some cognitive behavioral training, which um, her, her, her saying was I had created these trails in my brain that were so well used that I had to kind of retrain other trails in my brain to um, connect new paths and make better, you know, thoughts in my head. And it, was, it went really well. I, I recommend it to anybody. So it's like you were like on a, I guess the moment that you were taking the test, you were on like a shaky bridge and then you kind of fell right. off. Exactly. I kind of, I had a moment, you know, where I, I, I felt like, you know, is this really, is this really for me? I keep failing it. Um, and you know, you, I felt like a failure, uh, just in general. I was just like, you know, as a secretary, had a college degree. It was kind of hard, hard to, swallow those things so i definitely felt a little broken at that moment <laughs> so like creating those additional pathways is kind of like a uh like a parachute type of type of thing if that if that right. pathway fails you still got something to, to to fall on right in your mind yeah so actually well yeah what i did um one of the so she would give me a bunch of homework and one of the things i really i love to write and journal, and she would give me this exercise where I would write down an anxiety, like an anxious thought, you know, I'm going to fail, and then on the other, I would make another column, and I would write down a more rational thought, like, you know, you've been studying really hard, you took a practice test, it was an 80, and I would list off these things, and it would show my brain, like, okay, maybe I won't fail, and that slowly kind of created a path in my brain to help out. Okay, so it's it's kind of like seeing the other side of the coin versus just right, you know yeah. looking in terms of failing, then what else have you done? Some of the positives. I'll list the negatives right. and all, but not just just the negatives, but also include the positives uh, in exactly. your thought process. Yeah, all right, that sounds pretty yeah, cool. That right. sounds like a great exercise for those that have the test anxiety. You know, just oh, before you begin, just kind of lay out what you've done, what you know, what right. you don't know. And, and, and I think when, when people take tests, um, one of the things that gets them into an anxious mode is, is the fact that, yes, they have a test. They have an exam. Mm -hmm. But I think the mm -hmm. approach into the exam can lead to the anxiety. Like they're trying to, uh, you know, conquer something within a day. That's not going to happen. So if right. you if you take right. it, uh, you know, a little by little, uh, and and understand that you know each piece can can lead to a whole, then you could be so much better. And also, I like to get the anxiety out of the way in the preparation process. Exactly. You know, yes. get that out of the way. Yes. Um, and I tell people take a mock exam without studying. 
by doing that, you and 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 because you know that you, <clears throat> when you take the the mock exam, knowing that it is a mock exam, not a real exam, because people even when they take mock exams, they already build their anxiety level up by thinking that they have to pass, you know, um, and they do it in 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 the wrong in the wrong time. They do it at the end of the preparation which I think is, to me, is counterintuitive because if you take it at the end and, you, and you're, you're not at a passing rate, then that's where the, the, the mind floods itself in with negative thoughts. And then you're like, oh, you know, then, then you're kind of like, again, down the drain when you take the test. So I would rather take the, the, ex, the mock exam, no studying, knowing that you're going to fail, <laughs> knowing that you're going to fail first. Yeah, that's what I would do. I would take practice tests, um, I think every four chapters, just to kind of, just to struggle through it. And then every question I would miss, if it was a really hard question, I would actually write it down in my CPT book as an example, um, just just as a guideline. And I actually, I wrote as much as I could in every single blank space of every of every book. My proctors were kind of like, Oh, this is a lot of notes, but <laughs> yeah, it really helped. <laughs> Literally, every blank space was was written in in my book, and that definitely helped too. <laughs> All right, cool. So let's get into this: the third and the fourth attempt. So yes. So where did? How did you? So how long before the after the second attempt to the third attempt? And what did you do? Um, it was again a couple months. And so between that second and third, I went and saw that therapist, which was really important. And then I started to um, journal more and actually started to give myself, my therapist gave me another suggestion to give myself permission to take breaks. Um, I was just really stressed out, you know, trying to study as much as I could. But, you know, she would tell me, just take a break on Sundays, you know, no studying, One take one day and go do something and that definitely was also really helpful too you know in in the groups in social media and especially on facebook there are people who post and not to say that it's wrong but um the fact that you have to give yourself permission to take a break and usually people who take a break um at the end during at the end of the preparation before they take their test they tend to take like you know a day or two but there are people you know surprisingly who who are preparing but then the day like oh i had like they post something tomorrow i have my cpc exam do you guys have any tips i said what do you mean you have what do you why are you asking for tips the last exam and i look at the time and the, i look at the time it's like 11:30 at night and they're asking for tips why are you asking for tips now if i give you and i i usually get pretty i used to answer back at these posts i said why are you asking for tips now if i give you these tips what good are they going to be when you take the exam tomorrow? Why am I going to even waste my energy telling you these things? And then you're going to, I mean, I, I, I care less if you fail or not, but why are you asking now? You haven't given yourself that you should not be on social media. You should be going out, 
uh, relaxing, resting your brain. Exactly. <laughs> kind yes. of like, you All know, right. have that moment to, to relax like, a, you know, like introverts, you know, like once they reach a certain level, they're just going to back off. Yeah. So that's, you know, when I get those things, I, I just like, you know what, that, why are you doing that? But yes, you have to give yourself permission and you, you hit the nail on the head with that word permission to take a rest. But then also when you think about it, you know, as far as positive, you know, thinking positive, uh, the permission to succeed. Sometimes you may not realize that you're li- limiting yourself in certain things. And I've been told, like, you have to give yourself permission to succeed. I said, okay, well, that yes. sounds pretty good. Yeah. Um, another, you know, another thing my therapist, my therapist, they sound so terrible. She told me, um, you have to, you have to really believe, you know, this is so corny, but you have to believe that you're worth it, you know, believe that you're worth having a good job and a good career and give yourself that confidence, you know, that, that you're worth, you're worth having all these great things. And you may not have thought you were worthy to have good things before, but yeah, you are. <laughs> what? So in the fourth attempt, what happened? Yes. Well, four, so four and five are pretty similar. Um, I basically just got the exact same score on attempt four and five, which was a 68%. And that... Well, better than a 30. Yeah, right, exactly. But it was still a little... I mean, I, I felt like I was there, but I was still... There was almost this little voice inside of me that was kind of like, uh, is this really the right career for me if I keep failing this test so much? And... Uh, I had some family members that were like, is this test really that hard? And I was like, yes, it, it really is that hard. So uh, it was definitely tough those last couple tries, but I doubled down and actually took a, a much longer break of, uh, I think it was four months, where I once again retook the AAPC course and redid the Blitz videos. So that was my uh, third time retaking the course. And then get, kind of gave myself a little bit longer of a time to study and then ended up ended up that fifth time with the 80. I think when people, I mean, it, it, it totally depends on, um, you know, everybody. But like I need four months. For me, I found four months to prepare just enough yeah. for me. Yeah. You know, yeah, I think about as opposed six. to people taking it in two months or even one right. month. Because uh, when you think of the amount of, um, at least for the CPC or any of the AAPC exams, you have uh, modules, right? Or modules yep. or sections right. or something like yep. that. And there are multiple sections. So to give yourself, if you have to think about breaking it down, like your study strategy. Um, I know for at least the CCS, I'm, I'm planning, where's my book? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I actually... Uh, announced that I was going to prepare for the CCS because I, I was given this book to do it. I'm like, you know, I might as well. So like if I'm looking at it over a period of time, so there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven domains in the uh, CCS exam. So like when you think about it, like can you do seven domains? Can you thoroughly go in and out of every, uh, you know, nook and cranny in the domain in two months? The answer to me is not, that's not realistic to right, me. You know? Right, right. Um, it may not, it may be realistic to somebody else. That's fine. <clears throat> but when I look at it and like, I cannot do seven domains in two months now, like I also tell people, if you're serious about the exam, just, just sign up for the exam and you're boom, you're given four months, right? So you're for, you're forced to, to take that exam within that time frame. So when you think about it, four months is my time frame. seven domains. When I think about it, maybe that would be, you know, two, two and one domain, but like, 
but again that's another preparation strategy that i think of like you can't give yourself like a month you can't give yourself two months but but yeah when you when you stretch that out it gives you more room to breathe right like i think when you when you put it's the same thing when you when you put yourself in a a very tight situation like a deadline really tight deadline deadline then yeah that's where the anxiety is going to build up you know so when you when you gave yourself room, I think it made it so much better for you. Yeah, definitely. And um, my and then I also learned a little some tricks while I was taking the exam. My uh, therapist again told me about power posing, which I I don't know if you've ever heard of. Um, it's just like these poses you can make in front of a mirror, and they're to help boost your self confidence. So if you're standing. Um, standing straight up with your arms on your hips, kind of like a superwoman pose. You know, I would I would go into the bathroom and, and sit there and do that, and I would look in the mirror and I'd say, "You got this. You're gonna do great." And then you know, I yeah, I would I would jump around. You know, it was a it was a single bathroom, so nobody saw me, but I would jump around and and you know stretch and kind of do break do that during my breaks, and I think that kind of boosted my confidence a bit too. Yeah, no, when I, um, I kind of do a power pose somewhat, like when I do speaking events, like my, my most recent one was, uh, I think I, I remember it well, it was in the Space Coast. And uh, the first, the one right before I even go in, I go straight to the bathroom. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why? Why, of course, to use the bathroom, of course, wash your hands, whatever. But then when you're dressing up, because I'm wearing the, the, the coat and everything, you, you look at yourself, you're like, okay. You know, like I, I, I don't, I didn't realize I was doing it, but when you tell me power posing, like I think I was do, I would think I was doing that, and then I did it for. I went to uh, Daytona Beach, first place I went, bathroom so, <laughs> to the bathroom, and I did the same thing. I said, like, I think that's what I'm doing, and again, I did it at the uh, uh, Florida HIMA conference, and before I even went inside the conference room that I was going to speak. I went to the bathroom and I found another speaker who was doing the same thing. He was he was prepping himself, changing his tie, yeah. uh, you know, making it straight. You know, those moments. Uh, yeah, it's it's more not just to prepare yourself, make yourself look good, but also to mentally right. boost yourself up and get ready. Yes, it really it's really helpful. It, it just kind of and it kind of I don't know. I it made it less um, serious, too. I would kind of laugh a little bit like, you know, it's. It's just a test. It's, you know, it's not it's not the end of the world. It's yeah, it was, it was great. I did the same thing when uh, in 2016, I I did my first actual convention speaking event. And the night before I wrote like a ton of notes, I was going to talk about this. I was going to talk about that. I had it all outlined and everything. But by the time it got to the event, Right before I was standing right outside where I had to go in, and this is after I did my power posing in the bath, in the bathroom, right? So I had it laid out like in order and everything. So by the time I got started, I just threw it in the garbage. I said, you know what? Why am I even worrying about this? This is something that I've done, you know, in and out the same way. The same way when I took my CDIP exam, I was building anxiety um, up so much, like maybe like a week or two before, and then. I said, you know, Brian, like the same thing. You have to uh, validate yourself in the head, you know, in your mind. And I said, you know what, Brian, you've been doing CDI for nine years. What? Why are you worried about not passing this exam? Because you know, you know the ins and outs. You know, when you take and and also when you take an exam, especially for those that have been doing coding. When you're preparing yourself for your exam, it's not so much the term and definition and the question, but like you know, when you look at the question, is how is it? 
that it, how do I see it in my line of work? When you line up the the concept and the situation to what you do, then the the connection is there, mm-hmm. and then you can answer the question pretty easily. Right. Yes. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes about anxiety is um from Newt Scamander from Fantastic Beasts, and he always says that uh, worrying just makes you suffer twice. So, you know, if you're if you're just worrying, that means you're going through it, you know, more than once, and it's it's never good. So when you so you so attempt three and four, you score like in the sixties. How were you feeling then? I was feeling, um, I was still feeling a little down. <clears throat> Excuse me, I was feeling a little down, um, just because I was so close. But then I had that little anxious voice inside of me that was kind of uh, telling me that this wasn't the right career for me because I kept failing so much. And uh, I had a couple of family members that were like, "Is this test really that hard?" So it definitely <laughs> hit my self confidence. Um, I just kind of felt, I was like, you know, maybe this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. But then then I just, uh, I kind of, uh, I journaled and I was like, you know, I think, I think I can do this. I just have to keep trying and keep working. I'm pretty stubborn. Um, I'm half Spanish, so I, I'm really stubborn and I, re- I really don't like to give up much. So I just knew if I didn't give up, I, I could pass it. What kind of Spanish? Is like the the <laughs> my mom's the European yeah, Spanish yeah, or is there specific Madrid. Spanish? Yeah, my mom's from Madrid. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's great. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, cool. So what so then when you went into so the the third and the fourth, mm-hmm. right? Yep. You're like, okay, you know, then you gave yourself more time from the from the fourth to the fifth. Yes, right. I took about I think I think I actually took three or four months to redo the course again, redo those blitz videos. And then you go into the fifth one. Yes. What happened? So I I went into that fifth one. Um, I went in went into the bathroom, did my power poses, and then um, just kind of sat down and started to go through positive thoughts in my head that you know I was going to pass and. You know, I, I had studied, I got, um, you know, I got an 80s and 90s on my uh, practice test, and it was going to go good. And then I, I got the test, I uh, popped in some earplugs, which actually was really helpful for the little ambient noises, and I, I just sat down and got to work. <laughs> so, like, that's that's my question, too, is, like, what, what were you scoring in your in your, in your your um, practice test? So, you, you basically were, were passing. Right. Well, those, um, in the beginning attempts, I wasn't uh, taking practice tests. I was, right. right. So, the, right. yeah, then I finally, I think with my anxiety, I didn't want to know my, my score. Score. Oh, I just was so freaked. Okay. Yeah, I just I thought it would make my anxiety worse, but it it doesn't take your practice test. <laughs> um, but in the in when, in that fifth between those fourth and fifth attempts, I was getting 80, 85 on my practice test. So basically, you were you were passing in theory, mm-hmm. but you weren't passing in reality. Exactly right. And you were contributing it because you just a certain mindset exactly. was holding you back. Myself, yeah, I was okay. kind of self-sabotaging myself, just you know, telling yeah. myself I couldn't. You weren't giving yourself permission to to right, pass. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> so when you so what what did you score on that fifth attempt? The fifth attempt, I got an eighty-two, which was amazing. And actually, a funny story is that I was 
running the Disneyland Tinkerbell Half Marathon. And that's when I got my score was when I was in the hotel room getting ready to run my race. So that's, that was a really cool moment for me. But what you said at 82, but, but the, you took, you passed, you failed it five oh, times, sorry. right? Oh, sorry. Gosh. Yeah, you're right. We're talking about Let's go back to the fifth. Five. Okay. Okay. So, so 82 is, so we know now your sixth attempt was 82. Right. All right, fine. Spoil yeah. alert. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So the fifth, so the fifth, so let's kind of rewind again, right? Just like Captain Marvel, you have to rewind to the time. All right. So Captain Marvel attempt number five, that was the what same, did you get? Uh, 68. So the same as attempt four. So that was definitely a okay. kind of a blow to the ego again. Just uh, very, you know, I didn't, I didn't understand what was going on. And I definitely had a little more therapy sessions with with my therapist, Jamie, and we just kind of went over what was going on and did more self-talk and, and journaling. And that was kind of what got me through those two attempts that I failed. So the, the 68, so my question would be, like, if you came to me, like, Brian, I, I, I failed the exam, like, already, this is my fifth time, and I need this six, uh, I would ask, like, what does your score report look like? What what, what was it looking like to you? What, what were some of your weak areas? Mm-hmm. What were some of your strong areas? So, of course, um, like most people, my weakest area was E&M. And um, actually, I, for some reason, I, I wasn't doing very well in the terminology either, which was surprising because I worked in a hospital. So those two were those two were pretty weak. So you're saying they were weak con- throughout the all of your attempts? Yes, actually they were. It was really surprising. Um, I kept, I think, I kept missing the same types of questions. And when I finally, when I finally looked at that score report that shows you a breakdown of everything, I was like, okay, may- maybe I should focus on on these couple things. And I finally just started to sit down and work through them even though my anxiety was like oh you can't you can't do this you shouldn't work through this i just pushed through all right so we know the answers to the sixth attempt <laughs> but like how did you like i guess when you when you know that this is your like w- like let me ask this question in you you failed the fifth attempt right yes. and you know that this is your last attempt mm-hmm. okay in your mind or to yourself if you had failed the sixth attempt what would you have done? I probably would have cried a lot, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> and then, um, you know, I just, I would have probably kept going. I really, I really believe that. You would have gone for like a seventh think, and an eighth attempt? I think I might have. I would have, I probably would have even gone up to, maybe, I might have stopped at 10 thinking about, you know, an even number. But, <laughs> I, wow. yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm really stubborn, Brian. I don't give up. You know, I, I really don't like to give up. <laughs> How did you feel? Okay, so fifth attempt, same same score. How, uh, what did you do in terms of preparation before the last attempt? How long how long did it take you uh, to prepare for that that sixth attempt? It took me about four weeks, and I just uh, focused straightly on practice exams because I knew I was so, I knew I was so close. I didn't want to um, you know take more time, and so I just. I took as many practice tests as I could find or, you know, pay for. <laughs> and that really, really helped. One thing I noticed in people who had multiple fails, like I'm not talking about twice, but maybe like three and beyond, right? In your case, what I noticed is that 
I mean, I, I tell them, give me all their score reports. So the one that had an RHIT, I told them, give me your score report. And what I noticed is that in the first attempt, yeah, it's fine. You you notice your strengths and weaknesses, but the 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 one once you get that score report, you figure out, okay, I'm weak in this area. I'm strong in this area. Let me work on my weak areas. So they spend all their energy on the weak area. And when they take the next exam, what became their weak oh, area no. or what was their weak area was now their strength. Yes. Their strength became their weakness. Oh, geez. Right. Yes. So then in the third and fourth attempt, they did the same thing. They flip flop. So you see when, when I look at scores, I look at them, they're like flip flopping up. They go back down. They go back up. They go back down. They go back up. They go back down. So it's like, you know, I told the person, I said, look, you have to stay consistent. You know, you can't in, in your strength areas, you have to you know put your energy there, but not neglect what you know. Right. Yeah. Right? right. And so I did that in my CDIP exam. I was looking at more or less, you know, my 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 weak areas in CDI, which I think was compliance and something, something leadership or whatever. And I put my attention there, but I was uh, before reaching into the, the test date, I was like, well, do I even know the, the other stuff too? Right. You know, I put sure. all of my energy after taking the exam. And so the same thing is like when you, when right before the test date, I was, I was thinking, you know, what do I need to do? Do I need to read it all again and kind of like retrain myself? The answer should be no. And I tell people like when you're trying to to relearn something or go over something, you know, the point of you is to refresh. Do not relearn. When you relearn, I, I think everything just goes out the window, you know. And so you have to refresh. So I tell people just read, just read, just keep it in your mind. Uh, so that way it you retain it. So versus like, okay, let me start from chapter one and begin again. Like you don't, you don't need to go through all of those building block basics, you know, just get to the, get to the level where you're at and then just keep it right there. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. So the sixth attempt. So I know you scored an 82, but like, tell me, tell me your thought, like your, like what was going on in your mind as you're taking that sixth attempt? Definitely. So I would definitely catch myself in the middle of having um, a, a bad thought, just going in between two, you know, you would always go back and forth between two answers. And sometimes I would say in my head, oh, you can't do this. You're going to fail it again. And I would almost kind of shake it out of my head. And I would be like, no, I, I studied. I'm going to do this. And then I would just kind of push on. And whenever I would feel like the thoughts were getting overwhelming, I would just take that bathroom break and go into the um, mirror and just take a big breath. And you say, you know, you got it. it it's going to be okay. And do, do calm myself that way. And so you you did, were you doing that? I know the first and second attempt, you weren't doing that, but like the third and the fourth and the fifth, were you doing taking those breaks and and having your your moments? I think the the fifth and sixth time I was doing it, the fourth time I kind of just focused on journaling and um, just kind of was like, oh yeah, whatever, I'll put that other advice on the back burner. But it wasn't until I started to do it that fifth and sixth time that it started to kick in. All right. So then, oh yes, you took the exam, mm-hmm. and it, how long does it? How long did it take for you to get the results? So you said you were you were at a Disney race. So how long? How long when you took the test till you get the results? It was mid April when I took the test. Um, it was about four weeks for me to get the results. I got them in uh, May. 
Mother's Day. And what you said, what race were you in when you found out the results? The Tinkerbell Half Marathon race. That's the one in California. Yes. That's in California, yeah, right? That was the last one they did before they kaputted the Disneyland races. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wait, what 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 year was that? 20 Tinkerbell. It was it 2016? Yeah, 2016 was when I passed, so 2 years ago. Okay, 2016. Okay, so we we finished. We I was there in 2017. Oh, okay. Great. So, yeah, they stopped the they they stopped that one, yeah. right? They stopped the uh, the Tinkerbell race. Yeah. I forgot what what race what other one it was. It wasn't the Avengers. Oh, oh maybe it, it was, was the Tinkerbell. Avengers. I don't know. Yeah. No, and then they had a Star Wars one too. I remember. <laughs> but I remember the is it I don't know if it was a Disneyland something like that but most of the stuff was not Tinkerbellish it was uh, I know they had um, Pixar oh that was uh, they, the, had, they had the uh, half that was the marathon weekend yeah it was Pixar themed. <laughs> okay there you yeah. go yeah so okay so they had that's their half marathon weekend in september at in california yep. and 101 degrees. That's awesome. <laughs> great so when you so in the tinkerbell race in california when did you so where did you just finish a race and then find out what, yeah. what happened then so you finished the yep. race and then what happened i finished the race um i had you know i'd kept checking through the weekend and I actually, that morning, I was thinking about checking it, and I was like, you know, you don't want to have a bad race if you didn't pass it. So I waited until I got back, and that's when I looked, and I had passed it, and it was just the greatest feeling ever. <laughs> and you, so you're on Disney, you're like probably in the Disney area, so yeah. what did you do to celebrate? Oh, God, well, I had a churro. <laughs> I, I went to the churro stand, I just kind of... Oh, the churro, oh, yeah. yeah. you can't miss the churro stand and the corn dog stand, and oh my gosh, I just... I ate my way around Disneyland. It was great. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, I, I know the the churros. Um, I know the beignets yes. over at the D- downtown Disney. Yes. You've ever had those? Yes, those are great. The yeah. Matterhorn macaroons at the Jolly Holly Jolly Holiday Bakery. Those are really good. <laughs> That's pretty nice. So you celebrated your way. You got your you got your exam. Congratulations! Yes, great. <laughs> you got your passion exam. Yeah. <laughs> so let me. So I mean, let me ask you this question. So. What did you out of out of all of that? Mm-hmm. Out of all of that, so over over how many? How like what was the time frame between the first test and the last test? How many? How long did it take you to pass the exam? It was about a full year. I had started in 2015, and it uh, and I think it was in May around the summer, and then it took a full year for me to pass the test. 2016. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so a full year to take. So it's like a year. I wouldn't want to say like people think like, oh, you fail like how many times? That's like a waste of money. When you think about it, it's like a year investment, year time uh, for you to to get yourself ready. Like really a test is going to tell you if you're ready or not. You know, if you're, you know, if you fail, then it's not the fact that you have to quit. You have to just reevaluate yourself that you've, you know, that what you've done in that time um and move forward so the question that i i, I want to ask is what did you learn throughout that year process what did you gain as a person uh after you passed that that whole year what did you gain <laughs> definitely a lot of uh grit um i was uh it's just uh it definitely, <laughs> definitely got me definitely a lot stronger and um it made me believe that you can really i know this sounds so corny but you can really you can do anything if you just really buckle down and work hard and you know believe in yourself and my favorite of course my favorite motto is 
from Disney, and it's um, all it takes is faith, trust, and pixie dust. You know, you need to believe in yourself. You need luck, and you know, you just yeah, you just need to believe. <laughs> You got your certification. What are you doing now? Oh, it's great. I work at the, I'm come full circle, I feel like. I work at the University of Colorado School of Medicine, and I do the, I do the radiology edits. So I'm an ETM coder, um, and I love it. It's great. Now, are you, here's, here's another question before we, we wrap up um, with the last two questions. Would you ever consider another credential? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm actually, I know, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm thinking about getting my uh, CPMA. Is it the CPCMA? I, you know, one of those. <laughs> the the medical auditing that's, one. But yes, that's it. I, I really love um, I love research and I love uh, looking into things. So I think I'd be pretty good with that. <laughs> Maybe in a few years. Yeah. Oh, for you? Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to give yourself time yeah, to breathe? <laughs> yeah, a couple years maybe. <laughs> I, think, I think that's good because um, uh, at least from an auditing perspective, because I, mean, I after 12 years, after 12 years, I became an auditor. Right. So it, it, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So it takes it. I mean, some people can do it in shorter time, but it's just the fact that for me, it happened to me. I mean, it's not, I was looking for an auditing job. I can continue to as a CDI specialist, but after 12 years, I, I, the gate, you know, that opportunity came to me and I'm like, all right, let me go ahead and do it. But when you look at it, when you're in the role, uh, just to advice to you is, is like, when you're doing auditing, it's like, okay, here is a policy or a guideline. You have to know the ins and outs of that guideline and then be able to uh, review the chart. And it's really like a lawyer job. You have to like like a, you have to find the evidence, but then prove the evidence. Like there's a reason why you got it wrong and you have to pass it through with the with the policy or the guideline and then create that wonderful um, letter uh, explaining what was right, what was wrong, uh, and then get, you know, you have to have very good references in your research and your explanation, like you said, and then be able to present it. So that's, that's one thing that I found from a CDI perspective. Yes, you're trying to find the evidence in the chart, but then as an auditor, you have to find evidence in your guidelines and the chart. Yes, <laughs> so, right. <laughs> so like, like I, I, I know in the beginning, it, when I was doing it, for, you know, anything like in the first couple of months, I was, I was just like, oh my gosh. And like, you know, going in and out of guide, I know the stuff, but I don't know it to a detailed enough to where like it was hurting my brain, you know? And I just needed the, a total break at after, at the end of the day to lay down and, and get my mind set. So the same thing, you know, you're going to have to go through all of that if you decide to go for the CPMA. But I think like, like you said, a couple of years, like you want to find yourself in a role that has an auditing uh, function like you're doing the capabilities of a job function with as an auditor before even thinking about becoming an auditor because I, I think I see a lot of people who get one get one certification and then they get another certification without an experience and it's like they they try to try try to I, I guess in the running sense carbo load you know they want to put all of this stuff underneath their belt but then they're not using it you know at the end of the day you know they're just 
converting all of those credentials into fat, you know, just like something to carry and they're not using. Right. I feel like such a baby, right? I mean, I've been coding two years, but I still feel like a baby. I don't know anything. (laughs) No, like I think that the two years, you know, you have a, you have a grip of what you're doing at the functional level. Um, And I think as you progress, like, year five and beyond it becomes more i, I keep i i always I, I was always i was talking telling myself I, mean, I was in my conversation to myself like like not that i talk to myself but like when i'm thinking like once you reach a certain experience level it becomes more philosophical you know like you know like you how you should be coding what way you should be coding um it's more about work processes more thought processes that's where it becomes more philosophical than more just like like, you know, following guidelines and policies and procedures. So that's once you get to that point, like thinking about how, you know, what's the state of coding and things like that. That's where I think like, I think probably by year five, maybe you would think maybe you could be an auditor. But like, to me, that's my, that's my perspective. But like, usually I never thought I was ready to be an auditor at year 12 or year 11. I never thought I was ready. But I, but once, but once you see the role as an auditor, then you're like, yeah, I've been doing that since like year five, you know, but it's just, just the, I think just being ready, uh, from the get go, which the reason why, um, you know, a lot of jobs now want experienced people because they want them, you know, right out the gate stating from there, which comes to my question. Once you got your certification, how long did it take you to get into your first coding position? Gosh, I was actually really lucky and I found a position before I was certified and started work. Oh, wow. Yeah, I started work as a radiology coder at a, it was a little bit business professional billing specialist. And there was like five people that code for some radiologists down in New Mexico, a really small physician group. And I just started that coding, you know, one view chests and, you know, just really simple stuff for a year and then jumped into, uh, got into the University of Colorado with that. All right. Yeah. I got really lucky. I know that's not the right path it takes a few years yeah it does i mean i think i think it all you know like you said it all depends on what the needs and wants of the uh industry or the employer but it's just a matter of being there at the right time with the right attitude um you know that's that's the thing like some people say i can't get a job well what have you done what kind of attitude i mean if you have that attitude that you deserve you know that type of attitude then i'm like well yeah and i i started as a clerk too so i did have some hospital experience and i think that helped also so you know yeah so starting out at that level yeah anything you can get out of hospitals i've heard good (laughs) all right well that sounds like a wonderful storybook disney ending (laughs) where you know that could become like a whole and like would you imagine if if uh that became like a disney movie i do do like (laughs) i like to make fun of myself and say i'm a real life disney Uh princess because people can't believe how like cheery i am so (laughs) i mean i would love to be in a disney movie (laughs) yeah and then uh make coding make medical coding as part of the the story. Yeah, hey man, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to it, it's possible. It's possible. Yes. It's possible. <laughs> All right. So, well, Jessica, I do want to thank you. I, to being on the podcast and sharing your story. Um, Let's let's wrap it up with the two questions. I know you touched some touched some of the things uh, in our conversation earlier. So let's start off with this first question. What does the future hold 
for Jessica? Yeah, I just uh, want to learn. I still feel like a, a baby coder, so I uh, just want to continue to grow at CU. We have really good education experience. Um, they allow a lot of room to grow. If, if I ever want to work in a different uh, space, I can do that. Um, so just working and trying to learn as much as I can and hopefully becoming an auditor in a few years. Who knows? Yeah, that's nice. And then go. With, hopefully... You <laughs> He can pass on that first oh, try knowing right. uh, out of all of that. <laughs> yes. you know? I think with all of that journal, you know, you have the tools already. I think that's, I think if you had that in the beginning, maybe, uh, but you didn't realize that until attempt like, you know, uh, two and three to have those tools, you know, and that's, that's, that's a great, that's a great point for those that are listening. If you have test anxiety, um, you know, there's no shame in in going to see a therapist. You know, especially now with a lot of in terms of what's happening in today's society uh, with suicide September and is things suicide like that. You can't. Month, so. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. Suicide awareness month. Yeah. So you have to. You know, like the last one for me that that really got to me was uh, Anthony Bourdain. You know, when you when you when you watch his shows and and listen how he philosophize about food and 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 just life in itself it makes you think like there's nothing wrong but there was a whole bunch of you know things going wrong with him and i i don't know if he was seeing a therapist or not whatever it may be but regardless you know you have to see one and i mentioned before like you know in in the transition episode like i was in a dark place when when i moved from south florida to here and then from one job to the next and then from working from a hospital to to home in an office being all day you can you can definitely get into a, a really dark spot in your life and yeah you know you're like it's not depression but it's like you're in a rut and before it can even get to a certain level uh you have to i mean it may be therapy for you it for me it was like going to the facebook group and telling people uh hey this is what's going on with me uh do you have any pointers or any advice that maybe uh that i can take and, and kind of apply it in what i do Mm-hmm. yes oh it's so important especially working from home sometimes it gets tough <laughs> all right so the last question is and i think you've also touched on this what what best words of advice can you give to our audience Oh, gosh. So definitely, to in terms of the test, make sure you take your your practice exams. Those are really important. And uh, just make sure you're you're taking them, like you said, along the whole course, not just at the end, so you're not, you know, getting that anxiety. And then just, you know, just uh, try to stay positive and try not to listen to any negative negative thinking. And also have a really good support system. For me, it's my, you know, my family and my husband. Bless his heart, I'd come and cry every time I, you know, failed. And he would help me get through it. So that was helpful also. Well, there you have it. That is my interview with Jessica Olson. You can check her out on our Instagram, adventures underscore by underscore Jess, J-E-S-S. Now, in the episode, you noticed that she had scoliosis and she mentioned that she was having surgery. Since the recording of the episode, which was, I believe, in September, she had her surgery in November. And based on her Instagram and her Instagram stories, she's been doing very well. I actually reached out to her. She's doing great. We also had a conversation about Run Disney again. I myself am planning for the Dopey Challenge 
finish in 2020 and she's also training for that but she won't be starting to train until May but I'm rooting for her so she'll be able to run with me in 2020. So in the meantime if there are any Run Disney fanatics that are out there listening to this episode please reach out to me I would love to meet you guys during these races so reach out to me for that. And again please make sure to check out our partners including Find a Code by going to medicalcodinggeek.com slash promos and medicalcodinggeek.com slash partners. So that ends our podcast. So I want to make sure that you guys go out there and create, share and speak up. Not Else Will Classified is presented and produced by Medical Coding Geek. Music was brought to you by 43 and Coyote Hearing. Medical Coding Geek offers tutoring and media services for the medical coding, health information, and CDI community. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MED Coding Geek. That's MED Coding Geek. You can also find us on our website, medicalcodinggeek.com, where you can find and listen to all the podcast episodes plus the show notes from today. Make sure to subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Google Play. We would definitely appreciate it. And again, thank you for being part of this podcast. I'm your host, Brian Kui, and you have just listened to Not Elsewhere Classified. MedicalCodingGeek.com